Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Ward. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. I pray it encourages your heart with fresh hope. Get more of my teachings on Chaplet Change TV YouTube page or listen to 99.5 FM KKLA every Sunday at 3.30. God bless you. Morning, everyone. How's everybody doing this morning? Anybody blessed by the Lord? Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord? All right. Well, we welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to the house of the Lord. And uh, we do have a word of encouragement for everyone here today. And uh, we're eventually going to turn in our Bibles to Exodus 33, Exodus 33. Uh, but before we do, let me just remind you of a couple things. How many are excited about our revival jumping off? We're passing out flyers uh, kind of all this month to you uh, Pass them out to your friends. Invite them to your fa- uh, from invite your family to come. Uh, and most of the people that are going to come to our revival are going to come by way of you. They're going to come by you inviting them. So take several flyers. Let God use you. Uh, this is our ten year anniversary. <laughs> A decade of fresh hope. A decade, and so we're going big. We're actually having four nights of revival, kicking it off in Long Beach, then Carson, then Paramount, and then Whittier. And so I'm encouraging the whole church to take that four-night journey with us. Mark those dates on your phone and journey with us. I'm believing God is going to touch our hearts. I'm believing God is going to answer our prayers. I'm believing God that is going to give us some breakthrough. And I want you to join us all four nights. So mark those dates. And if anybody asks you if you're busy that night, those nights, say yes. I am busy. I'm with Pastor Brian and Laura on those nights. Someone shout amen. So we're super excited about that. And then I want to remind you uh, that we're still looking for sponsors to help us replace all the windows in this church building. We're going to kick that off, I believe, this week or the following week. And so we're still looking for sponsors. If you want to help renovate the house of the Lord, there's kind of two ways you could do it. If you want to sponsor one window, it costs approximately $500. You can give that. Or if you want to sponsor half a window at $250, you can do that as well. And you don't have to give the full amount until the end of September. So I'm going to be praying that God blesses you financially. Someone shout amen. So, and also, thank you to all those who have committed to helping out. Uh, many people have committed to sponsoring a window or sponsoring half a window. We appreciate your sacrifice. The Lord gave us this building about nine years ago, and it is our holy responsibility to renovate it for the next generation. Someone shout amen. When God gives you something, you got to make it better. Whatever God gives you, that's stewardship right there, right? He gives you a car, you, you, you better keep up that car. He gives you whatever he gives you. He gives you a spouse. Y'all don't understand. If he gives you a spouse, your spouse should be better within about a year. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He or she should be better. They shouldn't go backwards. They should be better. So let's keep focused on the building, though. So if you want to 
sponsor, you can do that as well. Uh, and then, as everybody knows, all month long, we're doing a youth fundraiser. We are selling my autobiography as a fundraiser, and we need to get the flyers out, but there's something happening in October that we've never done before. We're holding our very first youth conference, our very first youth conference. In fact, on the night of the Friday revival, when all the adults are going to be under the tent with Pastor Vlad for our deliverance night, at the very same time, our youth are going to have their first ever conference here in the sanctuary. So we hitting everybody. We are hitting everybody. And so we're fundraising for that, but also other things for the youth with my book all month long. So I'm telling the church, I'm asking the church, uh, sometime this month, buy a book or buy two books. Give it to somebody. Give fresh hope to somebody. What I'm doing uh, this, uh, what I'm doing for the next couple of weeks is before I get into the Word, I'm reading a paragraph or two out of my book, kind of just to, uh, uh, kind of to get your feet wet, so that you could say, "Hmm, I think I need to get that book." All right. So I'm going to read uh, just about two paragraphs out of the epilogue, the back of the book. I, I originally, I wrote, I actually originally wrote this book in prison. I actually wrote it in prison, and I finished it out here, and uh, we published it, uh, I think it was in 2014, so this is, this is two paragraphs from the end of the book. It says, it has been 21 years since I was first arrested. My life has been a long, windy journey. I was born in Los Angeles, turned 16 in Texas. 17 in an L.A. juvenile hall, 18 in the L.A. County Jail, 19 and 20 in the California Youth Authority, 21 in Chino State Prison, 22 in Ironwood State Prison, and went from age 23 to 32 in Chuckawalla Valley State Prison when I was released. Only by God's grace have I come this far. Many of the teenagers who were arrested near the same time as me are still in maximum security prisons with no hope for release. I know how it feels to have no hope, to watch as your future is shattered. I know how it feels to throw away your life and experience the pain of hurting others and hurting your family. But I also know what it feels like not to give up and to struggle back to where you're supposed to be in life. I am no longer hopeless, but have discovered why I'm still alive. And the church says, amen. So y'all going to have to get the book and read the rest. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 33, verses 18 through 19. Exodus, uh, Genesis, Leviticus. Exodus. So go towards the beginning of your Bible. Genesis. Oh, I'm sorry. Correct me. <laughs> so y'all up. I'm just seeing if you guys are up. All right. All right. Exodus 33 verses 18 through 19. When everybody's there, say amen. All right. Listen to this. This is pretty deep. It says, and Moses said, Please show me your glory. Notice what's happening. Moses has said this prayer to God. And it's a, 
It's a one, two, three, four, five word prayer. It's a short but powerful prayer. Sometimes you ain't got to get wordy with God. Sometimes you do not have to be wordy with God. Moses prays this most powerful prayer to the Father. And he says, please show me your glory. This is the type of prayer that God loves to answer. This is the type of prayer that God loves to hear. This is the type of prayer that God looks forward to fulfilling. Look at verse 19. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And the church says, amen, amen. So here we find Moses having this intimate encounter with the Lord God Almighty. Moses, if you remember, has been called by God to do a great thing with his life. Moses has been called by God for a great mission. Moses was called by God to set his people free. Moses was called by God to lead the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage into the promised land. Someone say promised land. You remember Moses, right? He was the brother who had emotional issues. He was the brother who was un emotionally unstable. You remember Moses, right? He was the brother who had anger management issues. He was the brother who was struggling with insecurity. Moses had issues. He had anger problems. He had emotional problems. And he struggled with insecurity. And in this chapter, particularly in this passage of Scripture, Moses is struggling with his calling from God. He's struggling with this calling from God. Moses is struggling with the task that God has given him. Have you ever struggled with what God has called you to do? Has you ever, have you ever struggled with the task that God has given you? Moses at this time needs help. Moses needs assurance. Moses needs some form of spiritual confidence. And it is in this tension where, where, where Moses cries out this, this short yet powerful prayer, Lord, show me your glory. It's within this tension that's bubbling up with inside of him that Moses gathers himself for a second and says, Lord, before I do what you're calling me to do, before I rise up to your standard, before I fulfill your purpose upon my life, I'm struggling with insecurity. I'm struggling with, uh, with anger. I'm struggling with emotional stability. But, Lord, I want to do what you called me to do. But before I do it, Lord, please, please show me your glory. Someone shout glory. Someone shout glory. I want us to think 
about glory this morning as we look to the Holy Scriptures together. I want us to think about glory, and glory is uh, a major theme throughout the entire Bible. Uh, glory starts in the Garden of Eden. The Bible starts uh, with glory in the, in, the, in the Garden of Eden, and the Bible ends with glory in the New Jerusalem that shines with the radiance of God. Glory is a major, major theme in the Bible. In fact, in Psalms 24, verse 10, uh, it describes God as the King of glory. Who is he? The King of glory. The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. In 1 Corinthians 2.18, it describes Jesus as the Lord of glory. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In 1 Peter 4.14, it describes the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of glory. It says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. The Father is known as the King of glory. The Son is known as the Lord of glory. The Spirit is known as the Spirit of glory. We need to have at least a basic understanding of this major biblical theme. When you think of the word glory, Glory is so deep that it is impossible with human words to accurately describe it. That's how deep this biblical revelation is. But we still need to try anyways. We need to still try to seek to understand what it means. So uh, for the sake of our study this morning, uh, glory is the visible expression of God's character and nature, uh, which is all his goodness, beauty, and splendor. When you think of the glory of the Lord, here it is. It is the visible expression of, and uh, of God's character and nature, uh, which is all his goodness, his beauty, and his splendor. So, so glory is the outward ex expression of who God is. Are you following along? Glory is the outward expression of who God is. Holiness is who God is on the inside. But when who God is on the inside is displayed on the outside, that is his glory. Are you following along? Let's dig deeper into this. So when you look back at Exodus 33, verse 18 and 19, it's interesting because Moses acts to see God's glory, and God showed him who he was. I want you to notice that. Listen to this. I'm going to read it again in Exodus 33, 18. It says, and Moses said, please show me your glory. Then God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will be compassion on whom I will have compassion. So, I want you to notice that Moses prays, Lord, show me your glory, and then God turns around and points to his goodness, his grace, and his compassion. Are you following along? 
Moses says, show me your glory, God. And the Lord answers by, by pointing to his goodness, his grace, and his compassion. Why? Why did God answer uh, uh, Moses' request by pointing to his goodness, grace, and compassion? It is because those are expressions of God's glory. Does this make sense to anybody? Those are expressions of God's glory. So get this, whenever you see goodness displayed, you've just been exposed to the glory of God. Whenever you see mercy displayed, you've just been exposed to the glory of God. Whenever you see compassion on display, you've just been exposed to the glory of God. Whenever you see kindness expo uh, 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 exposed, you've just been exposed to the, uh, uh, to the glory of God. Follow along with me. I'm teaching you on the glory of the Lord. God shows his glory by what he is or by what he does because what he does flows from who he is. God shows his glory by what he does because what he does flows from who he is. Remember, who God is on the inside is his holiness, but when, what God, when who God is on the inside is displayed on the outside, that's his glory. Someone shout glory. So, so God shows love because he is love. God doesn't have love. God is love. Did you catch that? God doesn't have love. God is love. And when he shows his love, he shows his glory. When he shows his love, he shows his glory. Uh, uh, God doesn't have grace. God is grace. God doesn't have grace. God is grace. And so God shows grace because he is grace. And when we see grace, when we see traces and evidence of God's grace in our life, you've just been exposed to the glory of God. God shows mercy because he is mercy. God doesn't have mercy. He is mercy. See, when you see love, and you see mercy, and you see grace, and you see God's character displayed in your life, you have just been exposed to aspects of God's glory. Glory is God on display. Glory is God on display. Glory is when God goes public. Glory is God on display. Glory is when God goes public. And, and get this, God went super public uh, with Jesus Christ. God went super public with Jesus Christ. Jesus is God going public. Jesus is God coming down from the throne room of heaven and going public in the world. Jesus is God going public. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, the apostle Paul revealed that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Christ is the visible image of of the invisible God. Jesus is God gone, gone public. Jesus is God on display. Jesus is the human face of God. Look what Hebrews says. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. So Jesus displayed the glory of the Father when he, when he healed the sick. 
when he fed the poor, when he delivered the oppressed, when he set people free, when he showed compassion on the hurting, when he showed mercy on the guilty, when, when he did all those things, he displayed the glory of the Father. Is anybody following along? Jesus displayed the glory of the Father when he healed the sick, when he fed the poor, when he delivered the oppressed, when he set people free, when he showed compassion on the hurting, when he showed mercy on the guilty. Those are all aspects of God's glory on display. Now let's think about this for a second. Have you ever wondered how the early disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ were able to be all in for Jesus. You know, our theme for this year is all in. Someone say all in. And, and we're challenging everyone to be all in for Jesus. Be all in. Don't be halfway in. Don't, be, don't just have your foot in. But be all in for Jesus. Have you ever wondered how the early disciples were able to be all in? How were the early disciples able to give their all for Jesus? How were the early disciples able to give their lives to Jesus? How, how were the early disciples able to leave everything for Jesus? How were the early disciples uh, were able to tithe into the kingdom of God? How were the early disciples able to sacrifice for the kingdom of God? How were they able to be all in? The answer is that the early disciples were continually captivated by God's glory. They were continually captivated by God's glory. It was God's glory that spurred them on to give all that they had for the kingdom of God. It was God's glory to inspire them, that inspired them to lay down their life for the kingdom of God. It was God's glory that inspired them to pray. It was God's glory that inspired them to love the unlovable. It was God's glory that inspired them to, to press into the kingdom of God. It was God's glory. The Lord runs his kingdom through his glory. He runs his kingdom through his glory. The early disciples were continually captivated by God's glory. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his what? His what? His glory. That's John's testimony. That's John. He was called as a young adult to serve Jesus. He was about 18 or 19 years old when God called him. That's John who gave his entire life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the time he was 80 years old, they already tried to dip him in hot oil and tried to kill him, but he miraculously survived. That's John. That's the one who was kicked out of society and put on the island of Potomos. That's John, who's the one who did not forsake Jesus, but stood at him by the side of the cross. How was he able to give his all to Jesus? It says, I've seen his glory. They're captivated by his glory. Luke chapter 9, verse 32, it says, Peter and the others had fallen asleep, but when they woke up, they saw Jesus' glory. That's Peter. That's Peter 
who was crucified for his faith. And when they hung him on the cross, a tradition says that he said, I'm not worthy to die like my Savior, so hang me upside down. And they hung him upside down down. How was he able to endure such pain for the kingdom of God? It's the glory of God. He was captivated by the glory of God. The Lord runs his kingdom not by laws and not by force, but by his glory. Is anybody following along? God's glory captivated them and thus inspired them to be all in. When you look at Jesus' ministry, everything that Jesus did revealed the glory of the Father. Everything that Jesus did, he, he, he showed the Father's glory through everything he did. Everything he did revealed the, the Father's glory. Remember, uh, I'm teaching you that one of the elements of revival is a rediscovery of the living Christ. If you're going to have revival in your heart, if you're going to have revival in your family, if we're going to have revival in this church, if we're going to have revival in this community, it begins with a rediscovery of the living Christ. And when we study our Bible, it show, Jesus showed the Father's glory through everything he did. Jesus opened up his ministry by showing the glory of the Father. Behold, your your Savior's first miracle at a wedding in a, in a town by the name of Canaan in John chapter 2. And that day, it was the bridegroom's responsibility to bring food and wine. And if the wine ran out, it was the bridegroom's fault. If the wine ran out, it was a social disgrace. If the wine ran out, it was a culturally shameful for the bridegroom. Have you ever done anything that brought shame on you? Have you ever done anything that brought shame on your family? Have you ever done anything that brought public disgrace? That's what happened at this wedding in the city of Canaan. The wine ran out. And this was an epic oversight on, uh, on the bridegroom's uh, responsibility. It was an epic oversight of the bridegroom on his greatest day. It was a public epic failure on behalf of the bridegroom. But how many of you know that we have an even more epic Savior? How many of you know that we have an even more epic Jesus? Behold your Lord's first miracle. He turns the water into wine. But it's not an ordinary wine. It's a greater wine. It's a better wine. It's a finer wine than the original batch of wine that they had. Behold your Savior's first miracle in one brilliant stroke of compassion. Our Lord Jesus removed the bridegroom's shame, removed the bridegroom's disgrace, removed the bridegroom's failure in one stroke of compassion. Jesus reversed his failure. He reversed his failure. One stroke of compassion, the first miracle of Jesus. He removed someone's disgrace. 
He removes someone's shame and he reverses his failure. And that's not it. Jesus ends up making the bridegroom the hero of the story. When they tested, uh, tasted the wine, they couldn't believe that the bridegroom saved the wine for last. Jesus transformed this zero into a hero. Transformed him from a zero into a hero with one stroke. What a Jesus. What a Savior. What a Lord that he's in the business of removing our shame. He's in the business of removing our public disgrace. He's in the business of changing our story for his glory. What a Savior. What a Lord. What a Jesus. John chapter 2 verse 11 explains why Jesus did this miracle. He explains why he did, it explains why he did this miracle. Listen to what it says. This beginning of his signs, someone say signs. Signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his what? His what? His glory and his disciples believed in him. See, Jesus performed this sign to manifest his glory and thus deepen the disciples' surrender. Jesus performed this sign to manifest his glory and thus deepen the disciples' surrender. Jesus showed a signs to manifest his glory so that his disciples would give their all to him. Are you following along? I want you to notice. It caused them disciples. Some would say disciples. When that verse, verse 11, calls them disciples, it points to that they were already believers. They were already believers. They were already believers. But Jesus does the sign to deepen their belief in him. Jesus gives them a sign to deepen their surrender to him because in the Bible, Belief does not mean to agree. Belief means to give oneself to. In the Bible, the word believe does not mean to mentally agree. It means to give oneself to someone or give oneself to something. So in verse 11, when it says the disciples believed, what it's teaching us is that Jesus was not satisfied with their initial surrender. He wanted more from them. He wanted them to go deeper. He wanted them to get stronger. He wanted them to go to the next level. And the way that he did it was he gave them a sign to manifest his glory. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? Jesus always requires more of you than you imagine. Jesus always requires more of us than we imagine. As they saw the Lord's glory, they surrendered more and more to Jesus. Do you see the sequence? This is 2 Corinthians 2.18 being fleshed out. 
I taught several weeks on this one verse, but what I just described to you is this one verse being fleshed out in reality. Listen to what it says. It says, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, get this, from glory to glory. In other words, the more that we see the glory of the Lord, the more that we are transformed. The more that we behold the glory of the Lord, the deeper we go with Jesus. The more that we see the glory of the Lord, the more faith we have in Jesus. God is never satisfied with your initial belief in him. He's always trying to take you from glory to glory and faith to faith. And the longer you walk with Jesus, the deeper you must go. Someone shout amen. How are they able? How are the disciples able to give their all to Jesus? See, Jesus' signs revealed his glory. Jesus' signs revealed his glory. Remember, the first element of revival is a rediscovering the living Christ, but the second element of revival is a rediscovering of the living word. That, remember, I taught on our midweek Bible study that, that, we, that we read the written word to experience the living word. We read the written word, not to brag about how many scriptures we have memorized, not to tell everybody what we know. No, we read the written word to experience the living word, to get a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. So I encourage us, go to the Bible and read the signs of Jesus that you might see as much of God's glory as you can. I encourage you, I beckon you, go to the Bible and read the signs of Jesus that you might see as much of God's glory as you can. The Lord will give you as much as you want. The reason why many Christians' faith dry up is because they stop beholding the glory. The reason why some Christians say uh, that they're not serving the Lord anymore is because they stop beholding the glory. It's not because God stopped being good. God is good all the time. They stopped seeing the glory of the Lord. Spend time this week reading the book of Matthews and Mark and Luke and John to see the signs Jesus performed. See the diseases he healed. See the dead he brought back to life. See his compassion. See his wisdom. See his mercy on display. See God in Jesus and you will see God's great glory. See God in Jesus and you will see God's great glory. Oh, that we would see our Lord with spiritual eyes. Oh, that we would see the Lord with spiritual eyes. It will blow off the table anything that competes with him. Oh, that we would pray like Moses prayed, Lord, show us your glory. Oh, that we would see, that we might see the Lord with spiritual eyes. It will blow off the table of this world anything that competes with him. By the way, that's what the world does. It tries to compete with Jesus. And as long as you look at the things of the world, you're going to go the way of the world. But if you're able to see the glory of Jesus, it will blow away anything that competes with him. And we won't have to try to love Jesus 
We won't ever have to try to serve Jesus. We won't ever have to try to come to church. The Lord will ignite a love in our hearts naturally. The Lord will ignite a passion in our hearts naturally. The Lord will ignite a desire in our hearts naturally. Jesus is still showing signs today to reveal his glory. He's still showing signs today, oh Lord, that you might open our eyes to see your glory. He's still showing signs, signs of answered prayer, signs of physical healing. God still heals today. Signs of financial breakthrough has the Lord provided for anybody lately in the name of Jesus. Signs of favor at your work. Has God given anybody favor at your job? Some of y'all realize you ain't even should be have the position that you got. But if it had not been the favor of the Lord upon your life. God reveals his glory through his acts of mercy and kindness. Oh, that we might see the glory of the Lord. Oh, Lord, may you take off the spiritual blinders of our eyes that we might behold your glory. I think of how, in my own testimony, how uh, by his grace I've been able to serve the Lord for almost 30 years. I think about how uh, I was able to uh, endure hell in high water. I think of my wife and, and her story on how she was able to endure hell in high water. How are we able to go the distance? How are we able to serve the Lord for so many years? It's because we look for his glory in our life. We look for his glory in, his, in our life. I see his glory in answered prayers. I see his glory in his creation. I see his glory in his provision. God's glory is all around us. May we be, have the eyes to see his glory. I've been sharing with you about a miracle that is about to take place this week, God willing. I've been sharing with y'all about this miracle, about this home that is butted up to our Paramount parking lot right here. It's on this side right over the wall. I've been sharing with you how the Lord is, is going to be giving us this home. And this week, God willing, escrow should be closing on Wednesday, September 21st. And listen, my brothers and sisters. When the Lord transfers that home into our hands and you see a picture on social media with me and the keys of that home, hello somebody, you have just been exposed to the glory of God. You have just been exposed to the glory of God. And I pray that you have spiritual eyes to see. The Lord has given us this home right here. And our vision is to turn it into a Kingsman home. We're going to transform males into kingdom men. Behold, behold the glory of the Lord. Perhaps the reason why you're not experiencing more of God's work in your life is because you have not been appreciating that which he's already doing. Perhaps one of the reasons why you're not experiencing more of God's power in your life is because you're not appreciating what he's already doing. Let us pray. Lord, show me your glory. 
This is a prayer that God loves to answer. Let us pray for our loved ones. Lord, show them your glory. Show them your glory. Let us pray for our kids. Lord, show them your glory. If they see God's glory, nobody has to tell them to come to church. If they see God's glory, nobody has to tell them to pray. If they're able to see God's glory, nobody has to tell them to give. They will be ignited in their heart to follow Jesus all the days of their life. Lord, show them your glory. The Apostle Paul prayed over you and I in Ephesians 1.18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He says, I'm praying that you see the glory that you already have. I'm praying that you have eyes to see what God has already made you, giving you, and doing in your life. Lord, show us your glory in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, let that be our prayer. I want us to just pray silently or quietly wherever you're at. Let that be our prayer right now, all of us, just in your own words and, and, and however you say it. Let's start praying that right now. Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. Open up my eyes. Open up my eyes. Show me, Lord God. Give me spiritual sight. Give me spiritual sight, O oh Lord. Show me, Father. Show us your glory, Lord. We're preparing for revival. We're preparing for revival, Lord God. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss what you're already doing, Lord God. Show us. Open up our eyes. Open up our eyes. Take the blinders off. Take the blinders off, Lord. Help us to rediscover the living Christ. Help us, O oh Lord, to see your glory. Help us, O oh Lord God. Open up our eyes, Lord. Open up our eyes, O oh Lord. Lord, we pray the same prayer for our kids. Open up the eyes. Open up their eyes. Let them see your glory. Let them see your glory, Lord God. Let them see your glory. Let them behold greater degrees of your glory. Let them behold greater degrees of your glory. Father God, some of us have been saved for 30 and 40 years, Lord God. We want, we want to we see more. We want to see more, Lord. We're not satisfied with yesterday's work, Lord God. We want more of you, Lord God. We want more of you, Lord. We want more. Father, fill us with spiritual sight. Fill us with spiritual sight, Lord God. Lord, show us your glory. Let's just pray that, everybody, right where you're at. Just, just pray that before the Lord. Let that be our prayer. Let's just take a couple moments and pray that.
Yes, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this word, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the touch from your Holy Spirit, God. May we go out, Lord, and continue to focus on your glory. And that you may be glorified, God. We thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Wow, powerful, powerful, powerful. I want, I want my kids to see the glory of God. That was good. I, I, I never thought about praying that, but I'm going to implement that in my prayer life. At this time, we're going to transition to tithes and offerings and announcements portion of our service. And where we get a chance to respond to the, the worship and, and the word of God. Amen. I have, a, I have a scripture out of Proverbs 3, 27. It reads, do not withhold good to whom it is due when it is in your power to do so. As the ushers come forward, I want to remind us that we have a debit machine in the back to facilitate our giving. We also give online, text, and through mail. And right now in person as the ushers uh, prepare. We have, the, we have our Women's Abide or Women's Retreat, amen? Women's Retreat, September 23rd and 24th. See Pastor Sandy. I believe she's, she's trying to wrap it up right now. So, it, you know, see her after the service. Also, we got the, the Impact Young Adults Meet at 7 in, the, in Carson. I believe that they started this last Friday, 7 p.m. at Carson Campus. We also got membership September 24th and 25th. Um, um, who's interested in membership? Anyone? Or we got all members right here. I don't know if you guys know what a member is. There's a, there's a difference between membership and an attendee. If you've been just attending Chapel of Change, I hate to break it to you, but you haven't stepped into the me uh, membership part of uh, becoming a part of Chapel of Change. And this way, in membership, you're able to say, look, I'm a member of the Chapel of Change. I'm committed to the vision, the fresh hope, and everything that Chapel of Change is doing. And then this way, we, we, um, we get accredited to the conference that we have an actual full bona fide membership and member. And also, this is a step forward into growth and maturity into the church. Amen. So it's a powerful opportunity. September 24th and 25th, Pastor Martin uh, and Vaughn always uh, do a great job and to facilitate answer any questions. So praise the Lord. October uh, prayer stations are coming up. Um, we're able, if, you're, if you're interested in hosting a prayer station, please sign up uh, in the back or see Pastor Laura or, or myself and, or Pastor Irene if you're interested. A reminder, October revival is coming um brian has charged us to say come with us in the journey where you could journey through all four nights of the revival amen if you're able let us pray heavenly father lord we thank you lord that we're able just to give you an offering lord we thank you lord that that, that it's in our power lord father god to do good lord to those who are due lord and you are due god because everything that we have lord father god we want to turn around and recognize it the, the one who gave it to us, God. So, God, may you be glorified through your funds and your tithing, Lord, that you may impact the world with the gospel. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen.
it is customary here at Chapel of Change that we send you off with a blessing. First, I'm going to go ahead and ask all the pastors to come up to the front. Um, we are a people who pray, and I want to urge you to come up. Let us pray with you. Put us to work. Amen. We want to be able to know you, get to know you, and pray with you. There's nothing more powerful than um, than prayer when we come together and pray together. So uh, put them to work. Put us to work. Um, so it is customary here to send you off with a blessing. If you can just stand up, put your hands in a receiving posture, and I'm going to send you out with a blessing. In the name of the Father, who loves you oh so much, and sent his son Jesus so that you may see his manifested glory. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who guides you daily, go today with the power, the protection, and the peace of God. In Jesus' name, God bless you. God bless you.